Welcome to episode number 29. Today I bring you Sarah Saputra, the founder of Bell Fever. Now, Bell Fever, if you don't know, is a global online jewelry store. They create personalized jewelry for um, males, females, um, babies, absolutely everything. It's an incredible store. You've got to check this out. But more importantly to that, why she's on today is one of her largest audiences in Australia. She has a business that she runs globally. She has 10 online support team for customer service. She has the very own factory that manufactures the jewelry. She brings so much to the table today. You're going to understand what made the shift from Bell Fever um, going from just a business into a well-known brand. And she get, she's going to give you such great information there. We also dive into Facebook. Uh, this is one of the ways that she's built her business into a multi-million dollar business. Uh, she gives such great value. Uh, Sarah is a part of the Billionaire Babes Mastermind program. So I actually coach and work with her personally. And I've just seen this growth that she actually puts in a new profit center into her business. And we go into that. And she also gives you some hot tips if you're a startup and even more hot tips if you are in that growth phase and you know that it's time to take off. So let me introduce you to Sarah from Bell Fever. Hi, this is Annette Lakovich and you're listening to Cashflow Candy. Join me while I interview successful entrepreneurs, business specialists, and share the ultimate information, helping you increase your sales, doing what you love. So let's start making some candy for your business. Welcome to Cashflow Candy, everybody. Um, I don't know about you if you're an extrovert or an introvert. Some of us uh, are out there and like being in the limelight, uh, like myself. <laughs> Hence why I love being on stage and speaking, but I truly believe that my um, personality being an extrovert um, is there to re-energize people from the stage. Now, some of you guys might be more of the behind the scenes type of person, more of an introvert, a person that likes to work in the business um, and on the business and not really have to have too much to do with the dealings on the, the day-to-day and being out there and being the, um, the, the, the star of the show, so to speak. And that's our next interview um, interviewee from Cashflow Candy today. Today I bring you uh, Sarah Saputra from Bell Fever. Uh, Bell Fever is one of the fastest growing online uh, personalized jewelry companies in Australia. Um, she has built her business to over seven figures. It's only been around for a number of years. And if you think about what it takes to be able to build a business um, that has a, a product that could be anywhere between $30 to uh, $50 to $70, how much um, turnover and distribution you need to pull those numbers in for a business? It's easy if your business is, um, you know, the price point is $1,000, $11,000 as one of my mastermind members and a porter, which uh, you guys um, will hear on Cashflow Candy. Um, but to have such a small um, item, uh, a price point, is really such a significant power to be able to push through a business and to be able to grow it into these seven figures and continue to look at ways to be able to leverage it even more. This is why I brought Sarah onto the show. So, Sarah, a big welcome to you. Hi, Annette. Thank you. How's your morning been? You are a mother of four. <laughs> Tell me, what is your morning like before you start work? I would love to hear it. I'm, I'm a mother of one, and I'm telling you. <laughs> 
uh, this morning was yeah. actually quite difficult because my daughter didn't actually want to go to school today, so we were all running late. Yeah. Um, she she just gave me some excuse that she wasn't feeling well, so she wanted to stay home and we were trying to get her out the door. Um, so everyone ended up being late and we just got in after school assembly. Okay. <laughs> so yep. all my kids are running down the driveway trying to get in. <laughs> It's hard though, isn't it? Because um, I even get Braxton um, that sometimes says, you know, that when he doesn't go to want to go to daycare, he used to be in um, once, uh, twice a week. Then it was three times a week. Then it was four times a week. And I got a big client um, the start of this year where I it was a twelve week contract and it was on Wednesdays, and um, he was in for five days a week for twelve weeks. And I did notice. Um, even at such a young age, you know, that, that they don't want to go sometimes and the mother yeah. guilt definitely kicks in. And you know when they're there, they're fine, but it's just sort of that that, that motivation and getting them out the door, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, Sarah, um, I would love to um, go down the route of um, bell fever um, and really what you've done, what you think you've done, and sometimes it's, it's hard to realise the steps that you make to, to get it to where you are today because you're sort of in the thick of it. But um, can you tell me a bit about you? Like, how have you changed from who you were? How how many years has been around for? Let me just get get that right. It's um, almost five years. Five years. Okay. So, what's the difference in you as a business person and how you run your business from now to five years ago? What's actually the difference? Who have you had to become? Um. Well, I guess. I I'd, I had to change my mindset. That was the first thing mm-hmm. and step out of my comfort zone and try new things. Mm-hmm. So especially before when I, when I had um, an events business and I lost $150,000, my, I was depressed for a while and my mindset was that I didn't really want to spend anything. I don't blame so. you. <laughs> I've been depressed too. My goodness. <laughs> So when you say a mindset shift, what was the mindset shift that you think that you had to make? Um, Well, after that happened, I didn't want to spend anything at all um, on the business. I just wanted to do everything on my own because I was just so afraid to spend on anything. Yeah. Because I was afraid that I'd make the wrong decision again. Mm -hmm. So I was doing everything from like customer service and then making the products and then packing them and it it was just so limited because, you know, we, we all have limitations as a person mm-hmm. and it I just couldn't scale. So I had to shift my mindset to to really realise that I needed help and whether that be in the form of staff or a mentor or um, someone to challenge me and take me to that next level. So that's when I had to shift my thinking and realized that I had to invest in myself. Yeah. How far, how far into it was that? Like how far into the four years did you sort of go, okay, I really need to start investing and shifting and growing? Um, I think you would have had, it was about maybe two, two years into it. Two years into it. Yeah. So two years you were running it fully like a startup business where you're doing everything and then you realized for it to really grow significantly that you needed to scale it. Uh, what was the difference in the numbers back then, say, before you made that jump? Did you start to see the sales come in, which gave you the confidence to go, now I can actually invest in it? What was sort of the, the turning point there financially? 
Well, the first time, like when I was running it by myself, I think we were turning over about um, 250000 a year. Mm-hmm. And it was quite a big jump when my mindset changed as well because from that um, 250000 the year after that when we decided to invest into, you know, staff and invest into ourselves and um, actually learn things, mm-hmm. uh, it jumped to about, mm-hmm. I think, $1.2 million. Wow. That's yeah. a huge jump, massive jump. Yeah. So what were some of the significant things that you think you did in that next year that you applied to make that jump? So obviously you got some staff on board, but... Go, take me through some of the nitty-gritty things that you think were the most significant shifts. Well, once I got the staff on board, I had a, a little bit more time to mm-hmm. learn things and understand like how um, a brand had to be, not just a business but a brand. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I understood the importance of systems. I understood the importance of, you know, having that correct structure and that right foundation. Yeah. Yeah, I've done like previous businesses before, but it's just in the mindset of of it just as a business. So I actually never ran any of those businesses more than a year um, because I was just seeing it as a business. So Bell Fever was a complete shift for me because um, I had to understand about like buyer personas, understand about my audience, understand the actual customer. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the systems were important because yeah, yeah I used to think that you know, when people were buying franchises, I'd, I'd say, you know, why would they buy a franchise if, like, why can't they just make their own thing in their own business? But now I understand why. It's because systems are so important. Yeah, it's your business in a box and it's it's great to have that. But then um, as you experience now, because you've put, it's not a franchise model, but you've put another part into your business, Um it is hard because people want yeah. to be able to do their own thing, especially women. You know, guys are really good at sort of give me the ABCD and I'll do it because they're very structured. But because we're um, a lot more emotional, we're a lot more creative um, and just saying that um, generically, but <laughs> a generalization, I should say. But um, yeah, I think um, it's definitely. It's, it seems easier to start off with that franchise model because it's a sure thing and you have got those systems in place. Um, but, you know, what you've actually done now is created something massive and there's two things that you've said here that are really important I want to go back to because the first one was um, one of the significant things was that you were able to have more time. And what's key about that is I don't know how many of the listeners um, – Uh, in this stage where you're continually just trying to keep your head above water because you are continually running it as a startup or you're running it at the wrong level that your business um, is at the moment to take it to the next level, if that makes sense. I don't know if I've articulated that right. But what you've said is because you've been able to get somebody on to take some of the um, perhaps the lower – productivity type of tasks because your hour your dollar per hour the activities that you can do can actually grow more is more invested in another area it's allowed you to be able to take that time and that's one thing I think we all feel as business owners as a solopreneur um, or, or, or a small business to medium business owner is that we're continually time poor so I love that you said that because it gives you that time this is what I'm feeling at the moment with my business is um, I'm continually needing time to do the other stuff that is my greatness and I find that I continually stuck being pulled back 
doing these other things and I'm trying to find someone physical for my my staff because all my staff are virtually they're all virtual they're online but um I need that physical person in the the my office now to be able to help me take my business to the next level so I actually have that more time like you're saying to be able to grow it and I think that will resonate for heaps of people the second thing you said which is really cool um and just so you guys know Sarah um and I've been working together for a few years she's actually a part of the mastermind um uh, babes which is billionaire babes mastermind group um and before that she was a private client and I've never actually heard you say this Sarah um you looked at your instead of looking at the business as a business you actually looked at it as a brand can you go more into that I would love for you to explain that more um, I guess what I meant by that was because, as I said, like previously when I ran other businesses like from telemarketing, mortgage and solar, I just saw it as a business. So mm-hmm. saw it as like something that I was just running day to day and just getting customers normally. But I didn't actually see it as um, a brand, something that I wanted it to to actually resonate with people mm-hmm. and people know it for who we are not what we are yeah if that makes sense it makes pure sense because like you're saying is the brand is the vision the values and the mission right um can you actually just go into just some of the stories um about why you do what you do because I really want people to connect with your value system and the the missions. I remember you told me once about a lady with the moon and back, with the bracelet. Do you mind just sharing just a couple of stories about what it is that really your business does and how the brand creates a feeling um, or an effect so people really see it as what their business can actually do for, for their customers as well. So do you mind just going down that road a little bit for us? Uh, yeah, sure. Basically, we um, we create uh, personalised jewellery to capture moments in people's lives. So instead of it just being just pretty jewellery that we wear, it actually is a story and um, a moment in someone's life. Uh, we had one lady who she she um, uh, gave she her baby died while she gave birth, mm-hmm. and so it was stillborn. And um, she had a hospital band and she couldn't take it off because she said that it was like a symbol for her that her her daughter existed. Mm. And um, she just kept that on all the time until she saw our name bracelets and she ordered one and then she was able to take that that um, hospital yeah. band off and replace it with the bracelet. She even sent a photo of her patting a snake and saying, oh, you know, I'm able to take my daughter with me to the zoo. So <clears throat> mm. it's those kind of things that really keep us going and even the whole team when we see these kind of stories, it it just creates that that reminder for us that, you know, we are doing something bigger and yeah. we're making it in people's lives. And it's so true. It's just, it, it, it just, um, it, it's like a confirmation that you need that you're on track because we all have hard days. I know that you get pulled from pillar to post still, and we're trying to <laughs> grow your business internally so <laughs> to that next yeah. level as well. Um, 
it's just really, really interesting when you have that because it's just that confirmation that you need how powerful that that mission is that you're on and it reconfirms the value system or what I should say your why this is pretty much the clicky word you know it's been around for the last maybe two years I think um someone did a, a presentation on it I think it was with Apple and it was like the why what's the why behind it but it all mm-hmm. stems back to that it's like the, the 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 driver it's the rudder in the boat that steers you to that next pace um yeah. What's what's some of the things that you think if you could say to a a startup, like if you had to go back, what would be some of the things in a startup mode that you could give to other startups now, some tips on what they should be doing or focusing on or what they shouldn't be doing? What are some things that you think are really key? Um, I think... Basically, don't be afraid to try new things and you always have to measure everything you do to see what works and what doesn't. Mm. So um, to create a business also that you love and you can connect with. So because with that, yeah, with the why, it's very important. Like sometimes we can lose our why when we're just stuck in the day-to-day operations and looking at the numbers all the time we, we do uh, lose our why, mm-hmm. but going back and speaking to the customers and uh, hearing them, you know, how you've changed their lives will reconfirm what your why is. Yeah, and that happens so like throughout the whole journey, not only in the beginning, because I have my days where I sometimes feel really down and um, getting those like testimonials or feedback from the customers actually reminds me, oh, this is why I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah. And we, so. we all go there. And like you're saying, it's when you're bogged down in stuff that sometimes you, you, you forget to go up and take a, a smell of the roses. Yeah. <laughs> and it takes – you forget the why. I don't know how many coaching sessions I have where people will just go, I just don't love my business anymore. And this is why um, the Herpreneur brand is about making big money, doing what you love. It's about how do you stay in love with it? Like – because when it gets hard, that's what, you know, we want to be able to keep pulling you through. Um, yeah. You talked about measuring numbers. You are our absolute guru when it comes to Facebook. We've even had you <laughs> take a, a, a bonus uh, guest webinar for the mastermind um, for the Billionaire Babes, Kang. <laughs> they wanted you. Um, what have you learned with Facebook with um, just some great tips that we've had no one talk about Facebook on Cashflow Candy? And I know I've sort of taken you off track here, but what are some things that you've really learnt with Facebook, some really key things that we need to look at um, when putting our Facebook ads or with our, our Facebook page? What are some things that you think that you've really learnt that are key? Um, I guess the, the basics is make sure that you always post every day because you want to be relevant and um, recency and frequency, so you have to be in their face all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, with good content, so you don't want to just bombard them with sales, sales, sales all the time. Um, but with Facebook ads, like to reach more people, you do have to pay for ads, so you have to make the, that investment. But when you do make that investment, you also have to make sure you do it wisely, so you're not just like spraying bullets everywhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mm. So understanding your audience and, um, you know, not only understanding your own why, but also their why. What is their why when they 
come into your business? What are they looking for? Um, what problem are you trying to solve? Um, understanding their interests, where they're hanging around. So if you know all that, you can pinpoint and target correctly to to reach your the right message to the right audience. Mm. It's interesting that you said um, about what is their why. I've never heard anyone actually frame it like that ever. <laughs> and believe me, I do a lot of education, right? <laughs> what is their why? Um, that's just a really nice way to frame it, Sarah. Because we say, you know, go into their shoes. Um, what are their thoughts? What are they feeling? Um, but I've never heard it frame, be framed like that. Um, the other thing you said, which I want to pull upon, because um, Jane Liu from Shopo, she was on Cashflow Candy, and I said to her, if you could go back and do anything um, within your business, what would you do differently now if you had to redo those steps all over again? And the one thing that she said that she would do, there would be not too much that she would try and change, but what she would do, would have done was um, invest in advertising more. Um, you know, ad- advertising is the machine to get your message out there. Marketing is how you market it. Um, and and that wasn't saying it to you, Sarah, because I know that you know. <laughs> I'm saying it to any of the listeners that don't. They're in that startup phase. Um, she said that she would have got out there and invested in getting the brand out there more. Um, I know now that you, you know, you have a big driver. Facebook is, you know, one of your biggest drivers in your business. Can you give us an idea um, what the spend versus return would be for you or something along those lines just to understand when and even maybe when you started because I don't want to go too personal I open up you know all your <laughs> your private information but just um if you can sort of lead the way in what you think would be a really great way for somebody to start investing into doing um advertisements on Facebook um to really market their brand out there any idea what you think is a good benchmark to start with for a business um, I guess if you start with, like, even now when I when I test ads, um, I just start between five to ten dollars a day on just um, the ad that I'm testing, mm-hmm. and uh, that that really is a good benchmark to start with because the first twenty four to forty eight hours shows you how well the ad will perform ongoing. Mm. Um, it's a good indication of whether it's a it's a good ad or not. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because that's always been the case um, for, for us when we're advertising our events. And it's really weird this time around that it kicked in later. It actually took about 24 hours before the ad started getting the impressions to even for us to start getting the... Um, for us to even start. Like, it probably took 24 hours to 48 hours for us to even see something to see if it was working. I don't know if they've changed something in Facebook or if they're doing something different for events, but it was really different where the impressions just took a while to even be shown. Um, yeah, I've, I've noticed that the last couple of days, but I think it's um, it's mainly because their approval rate of the ad, I think, is taking longer. Uh-huh. Um, they're trying to see if it's relevant enough to show people, mm. so they're showing it. It seems like they're showing it to a smaller amount of people first. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess 24 to 48 hours of when 
the impressions start because yeah I have ads that um I want to test but there's, there's not there's not even any spend until until about yeah. 24 hours yeah, later yeah exactly so let's just say for me I've got my own number that I'd like to work with once you know that ad is really starting to show just a kicking off some results how much would you put on that ad in a day um once it shows results i gradually um increase the budget um when it does really well so i increase about maybe like 10 10 dollars and then another 10 dollars and then when it does really well i think i sit it at about 100 dollars a day just for that that ad yeah and then i'll start to um, test another ad. Mm. Now, you do it in slow increments. Now, I remember you actually teaching this to the mastermind group. Um, you do it in slow increments. What was that again? Why did you actually do that? Because I normally just blast it straight up. So my budget's normally $70 a day um, for events. Sometimes we take it about $85. Um, and I did do it the first day because I was thinking, oh, seriously, just, you know, see it working, like go up $5. <laughs> So I'm going to um, the, our intern that does the social media stuff. I'm going, you know, Sarah said this, <laughs> but then we forgot about it. Uh, <laughs> we just started going, yeah, just whack it on there at 75. Um, but tell me, um, why do you do that? Why do you do it in slow increments? What have you noticed? I've noticed that when when you do put um, jump, like put a big jump in the in the budget, it seems to just spend it more faster, and mm-hmm. the cost per like per click goes up yes and like you're saying it's like you're spraying the bullets everywhere yeah but in saying that um i do have uh dynamic ads running which are sort of like retargeting ads Mm -hmm. and um i play around with the budget a lot for those kind of ads where like at night when it's midnight i'll change it back to ten dollars because i know not many people will be awake in three o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. so I change it back to ten dollars, and then in the morning um, I'll check and see how it's going. And sometimes for that ten dollars, you know, there'll be four conversions, for example. So then I'll increase it straight away by fifty or sixty dollars because I know that's a good indication that it will go well for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And I only have the daytime to to you know maximize it. So that one, that those kind of ads, I will jump up. Um, like a really big jump, and then at midnight I'll bring it back down to $10. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So um, now just so you guys know, the information that Sarah's giving you today and we're talking about with Facebook, you know how quick Facebook changes. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're in um, <clears throat> what's a month now? We're in July. <laughs> so who knows what even be happening, say December 2016. could be all, all different. So I'll just cover those bases. Um, Sarah, with um, with Bell Fever, you you started as an online store. Now you've actually grown another part of it, and that's where we actually met, um, and that was to put the business builders in. Can you actually share why? What made you want to put another profit center into your business, and um, what is that profit center so everybody actually understands? Okay. Um... The Profit Center is it's our business builder division and it's sort of like I can't really say it's party planning but um, it's not really franchising either so it's probably somewhere in between so they're sort of like representatives for us and mainly they're, they're women and their mothers who we want to help um, be able to 
have an online business also, but still leverage our systems and also um, have access to, you know, all our back end and our products. Mm. Uh, so they so it was become the business in the box that we we're talking about, but they don't even yeah, have to do much upfront, right? They don't have to take really anything. They don't have the expenses as what a franchise would have either. Yeah, and we actually allocate some budget for advertising to retarget their visitors back to them. Mm. So what made you do it? Because just so everybody knows, you know, we've got two different types of levels with um, Cashflow Candy listeners. They're either the people in the startup phase um, and it's like one to two years or zero to two years, they're still in seed stage, um, or they're the women that are serious about business and they're clocking along fine, but they know that they just want to get to the next level and part of they listen to this show because of education. I've totally forgotten my question. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's right. Now it. I remember I was going to go. Um, when I talk about um, you, you want to build your business so you have a strong profit center, but then you want to be able to have um, three profit centers in your business. So if the, the, the core part of your business has a seasonal change, so some of our businesses go quieter in Christmas, around school holidays times, it just depends on the, the flow, ebb and flow of the business. But we want to make sure that's not the only source of income. So what was it that made you build the second part of Bill Fever and feel like you needed to? Well, that would be the reason why we built the second part. Um, I guess the first reason was uh, because we wanted, we found a system that works like on social media and it was working really well. So we could replicate it um, and teach others to do it through through selling bell fever mm-hmm. and help people who wanted to have that business um you know have that business with with our support uh because people were asking to be resellers and that wasn't really the kind of model that we wanted um people were asking to wholesale our designs and we didn't really want that either cuz again we were trying to build the brand and not just a business mm-hmm. Um, so that was one, the first reason. And then the second reason, I guess, is because, yeah, we wanted another profit center. We didn't want to have, um, you know, all our eggs in one basket and just just have social media as our sales revenue. So we wanted to have another part of our business where um, people were able to share Bell Fever one-on-one in a more personal level with their family, friends, but also still having us train them on how to market to strangers, not only family and friends, but strangers online. Mm. Um, and so, how yeah. is the success of that going? Just share everybody sort of what the changes have been because we only launched this in December, I think. Was that right? Was it December? Um, yeah, December. Yeah, so let's just talk about some some numbers or some successes for everybody to understand what that second part of that business has now done for you? Oh, yeah, well, it's... Um, Besides it's just adding more stress. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what happens, right, when we add a lot of part of the business. There's an extra thing yeah. to juggle. But, yeah, let's talk about the successes. Uh, well, it's grown pretty fast, uh, too fast, I'd have to say. Um, <laughs> we, we actually had to close our doors again for it this morning because wow. too many uh, are joining So we actually just closed it this morning and we're just um, putting a waiting list on instead uh, because we we couldn't support all of them and also um, the numbers were just, yeah, it was just too big. So... 
So when you say it's too big, it, like what is it like? Meaning that you couldn't manage that many people because they've got to go through the the inter- induction stage. Is that what it is? Um, yeah, the induction stage, and also <clears throat> we want to make sure that they have the correct support, mm-hmm. and we we work one on one with each each business builder. And at the moment, we have like about five hundred of them. Mm. Wow! And we put mentors in place, but it's still quite new. So the mentors, we also have to train them and make yeah. sure that they're giving the correct support to them. Mm. So, um, yeah, we just had we just decided to close the doors for now while we work with like work with the ones we do have yeah. to. That's really to respectful. That system out. It's it's a respectful one to to them. So you're still giving. Um, you know what you promise um, and also just smart for the business um, side of things as well um, let's talk about webinars um, I know we've just gone a little bit over if I can hold you maybe for just a couple of minute, more minutes um, I don't know if anyone saw a Facebook post that I did about Sarah but um, Sarah you can you can hear she communicates really effectively, but Sarah just doesn't like want to be on the stage. But every time I throw her an opportunity to stretch her public speaking skills, she steps up, and this is what I love about this woman. Um, she just steps up and does stuff. So uh, when she came to me and we're building the the business builders, I said to her, "We need to do a webinar." to um, be able to drive traffic we want something that's automated we want to be able to have something work when you don't have to work (laughs) and um, we've had such a success of that so can you just share a little bit about the the webinar and um, what it's actually doing for the business we know that you've had to pause because that's one of the ways we actually get the leads in but let's just talk about your success with webinars and you know, anywhere where you want to go with that webinar, because there's women on here now that haven't done it and they know that they should. And if you're listening and if you haven't, you need to. Um, there's systems um, that can help you really make, you know, five figures, six figures. Um, you know, even a four figure webinar might be exciting for some of you to make a thousand bucks or two thousand um, bucks for 60 to 90 minutes. So this is up to a little bit of Sarah's experience with it and what the success has been from the business builder's side okay well I guess before I even did a webinar I didn't know anything about webinars so (laughs) um I didn't know how like you know what what um what you need to run what you need to do in them um how to run them or you know what programs to use or anything so uh one of my advice was to also surround people who, who with like-minded people who um, can help you and challenge you and stretch you, and it's one of those ways is through a mentor. And um, yeah, Annette is—I see her as like you know she's one of my mentors, and she challenged me and stretched me to do a webinar, which is completely out of my comfort zone. <laughs> and um, but. Looking back, I'm glad that I did do it and that I got, you know, pushed into it because it's actually helped me to automate um, automate the process of, I don't want to call it recruiting, but bringing in... Leads. <clears throat> leads and... Yeah, bringing in leads and helping to... Uh, you know, convert those leads into having them understand our values and the importance of our our brand, 
when they become a business builder. Mm. Um, so the ladies that do go through the webinar, which is the recording now because I only did it once live, um, <laughs> they they just listen to the recording because I don't think I'll be changing that anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that's what we're going to talk about offline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Can I just say something, Sarah? <clears throat> when you just said recruit, and this is what I want everyone to listen up to, is how do you feel about some of the words that are sales language words? Because so I went recruit and then I said leads and she said, yeah, leads and convert. And I felt like that that is an uncomfortable language for you because you don't want to treat them like they're a number or a conversion. Is that right? Did I just read into that right with when you were saying that? Yeah, it's it just sounds more like a sales word yeah. and you know, it just sounds like um like they're they're just you it's know recruiting number. and a yeah. lead because it's not I don't see it that way. I just see it as mm. we're helping women and changing their lives to change other people's lives. Yeah. So we're we're empowering them to also spread out to other people to change their lives through personalized jewelry. So I don't really like saying, oh, recruiting yeah. people. Or isn't leave- it funny, the language? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the language that we're used to. Um, and this is what I really love to do with um, sales is shake up some of the old school language at the Herpreneur event. I said, you know, most of it's from old men or old farts. <laughs> you know, and times have changed. Not that I don't like old men. <laughs> I love old men. Um, and, you know, the sales wouldn't be where it is today without them though there's so many women now in business and how can we change our language that is more um from where we sit um and more from the 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 feeling of connected um connectedness and being able to feel that we're a part of something so just when you were saying that i thought that needs to be just new language right there. What really are leads? Um, you know, if it's a matter of saying, you know, it's been able for us to be able to empower more women and be able to get them on board, that would be something that we could now look at with language um, for the business. And for you guys out there listening, instead of just saying leads and convert, yeah, that's the normal sales language. But if it feels slightly disjointed, it's not a part of your brand, then then how do you change it? Uh, my husband and I, we, we don't like to say we close a sale. Um, you know, it, it's just not the way that we like to sit. We don't look to, like to look at somebody like a sale. We say that we've changed a life or we've got a new friend or it's just changing that language. So when I go into businesses, it's been able to look at that. Um, so I want to bring that up because I'm sure it probably resonated for everybody else when we just had this little conversation. Um, Sarah, thank you so much for today. You've given a tip for the startup. What about some of the women that are in growth? And I know that we have a few women that actually do listen to this that are in that growth phase. Um, they do write in and give me feedback that they love the cash flow candy as well because it's education. What's something that you – you're now into the third part of your growth stage, I see, with um, with Bell Fever. What would you say um, – and when I say that, I say that you're probably, you know, you know, in that market leader now. It's like, how do you stay there? Because you've got these different stages that we build up. You know, we go from this seed stage to like a toddler where the business is crawling along. Then it's like a teenager where they're confident. And they're like, look at me, like I can do this. But it's confidence that pulls you through. There's a lack of systems. 
then you go into young adult and young adults understanding these are systems and these are processes and everything you're building is to get to um, that mass, being able to really be that market leader, be known as that brand, where I feel that's where Bill Fever is. What do you think it takes for that growth, for the people in that growth phase to continually keep pushing through to be recognized as a market leader? What would you be, what would be a tip there or a couple of tips? I would say um, always perfect your systems because your systems are your foundation and it will help you to automate your business so that it runs without you, which is um, the direction that I'm heading into now. Mm. Um, Also, like, have a good mentor that can help you with your mindset and guide you into things that... Um, you know, things that you wouldn't normally try or wouldn't normally see because when you're in the business, you you get, you get only see what's in your business and sometimes you need that um, outside point of view, that bird's eye point of view, I'd say, to, to get a different outlook on your business because there's some things that are so obvious but I can't see it because I'm in the business yeah. that, um, you know, others can. So having the right mentor because you don't want wrong advice either yeah. um, is important. So true. And, um, and being able to surround yourself with a community as well that can help yeah. you, I think, is what you said before because when they're at that stage, sometimes, you know, they're not in a community of people that they, even if they've got the mentor, then maybe they don't have friends and family that really understand the business as well. So I think yeah. that's another key just to sort of write the coattails of what you've just said there. But, you know, for me, I've always got a coach. I've always got somebody to support me. It's normally the area that I know that I'm lacking or where I need to go next. Um, and it's it's. I notice whenever I've invested in myself, I've always had it back tenfold. There's always been some amazing takeaways that I've had from them um, to get me to whatever it is that the, the challenge that I face next or, you know, just to keep supporting me and hold my hand through the, 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 that process. Um, yeah, because um, I guess being in business is quite lonely, so mm-hmm. having that community is important and bouncing ideas off um, off each other is, like, it, it really helps as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, one other thing you've said that you've got just for a conversation we had, you've got a bot. Um, you know, you're, you're really doing a lot of um, automations now in the back end of your business. And guys might be thinking, you know, oh, yeah, we've got automation emails. I'm telling you the stuff that Sarah's talking about. It's like I feel like I go into the future with her. <laughs> Can you just <laughs> one more thing? I know we said we're going to finish off, but just talk about the bots. What's some of the bots going to do for the bill fever for the back end? Okay, so we're building a new system, and in that system, we have um, we will be having two bots. One of the bots is a customer service bot. Um, we've named her Alice, <laughs> and <laughs> from Resident Evil. No. Um, yeah, so we've named her Alice, and she will. She's she's artificial intelligence, and she can actually answer customer service questions. Um, she'll be able to give like order statuses. She'll be able to recommend products. She'll be able to give details about the products and help um, process orders as well. Mm. So that that really helps Powerful. with the customer service side of things because it re- like uh, we we of course we still have people, but um, it just it just shows like the consistency 
Because sometimes yeah. what we've noticed is yeah, we have our days where we feel down and we we end up replying probably not in a in a very helpful way or you've got too much on your plate. So the bot actually helps to to keep that consistency going and mm. you know, you can still build your values and everything into it. Yeah. And you know, this is if if you, you listen to what Sarah's saying with the it's the consistency of the message. Um, yeah. Now, Sarah's, it's not like she gets, you know, five inquiries a day. <laughs> it's, they're getting bombarded, um, you know, per hour. I don't know how many you get per hour, but um, she has a, a team of six um, all around the world that continually are part of that customer service, um, but it's still being able to keep up because they they got so many customers to be able to keep that, that consistency of messaging and be able to serve and serve fast. Because when that customer's at their fingertips and they're typing, um, that's at the top of their mind right now. And the quicker that you can respond to an answer and the quicker that you can um, serve that customer when they're in the heat of the moment, the higher the conversion rate. So what I'd say for you, Sarah, is the next thing would be once that bot takes place, I think you'll actually notice another significant shift in the conversion of the, um, the people purchasing online or let's just say if it's with the business builders, if that went into there, with them being able to feel more comfortable with taking the jump and being their own business builder. So um, mm. it'll be really interesting just to see that because when we talk about um, the sales side of things, when a customer inquires via email or when they um, make a telephone inquiry, that's why you want to be able to jump on it straight away because they're in the heat of the moment. You want to strike with the iron's hot because that's when they're actually feeling the pressure or the, the requirements or the, the desire for what your business actually has. So I love to see how it's going to work online, but I really think it would really help um, the customer and you guys as well. Sarah, yeah, and the, thank you. Oh, sorry. sorry. I'll cut you off then. You go. <laughs> I was just going to say the second bot um, is something that – I was inspired by you and it because I, um, I, under, I understand now that even the sales process has to be systemized. So um, the second bot will help me do that by systemizing the sales process and help me to, you know, create those Facebook ads um, and the sales schedule mm. in an automated way as well. Love it. Thank you so much, Sarah. You've brought so much to the to the table today, which I knew you would. You're just such an intelligent human being. It's just so great being able to have you as part of our community and just um, to have you as a client and as a friend um, and just to witness stuff. I just um, just really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to be on Cashflow Candy to share your information with everyone. That's right. Thank you, Annette. Awesome. Take care. Hi, this is Annette Lakovich. And just checking in if you've heard about the Herpreneur event. Herpreneur is about helping you make big money doing what you love without having to have all the nonsense and the headaches in between. The Herpreneur event has over 100 women in the room ready to have one big breakthrough. You'll walk away with understanding your customer growth path, the exact thing that you need to do to be able to have a continual magnetic attraction between you and your customers. Finally, it's your time to start making money, big money, doing honestly and with high integrity. Being able to do it safely and be able to provide income for you, your family, and never have to have those headaches again. It's your time to stand out. 
So join me and other female entrepreneurs at the Herpreneur event. Check out herpreneur.com.